we're going to have church. Amen. Amen. I got to get rid of the cough drop. God. What's that? That is not. We're going to mix this saying up, but we're totally, completely dependent on you, Holy Spirit. Totally and completely dependent on, on your and your word for direction and how you want this delivered. So God, I pray right now that you would just speak through me, Holy Spirit, and that you would speak to the people of God that you have called me to on tonight, and that you will just unfold this thing, unfold it as your will. And I praise you right now. I give you honor. I give you glory for right now what you're doing right now. Right now in the name of Jesus, amen. Sometimes you just got to clear the air. Sometimes you just got to get in there and just kind of, Get everything all cleared out before uh, you begin to uh, speak the word of God. Oh, yes, I got this bad table, Sister Ann. Yes, it's all right. No, ma'am, I'll be fine. I'll sling hankies and papers and everything else, but it's all right. Because I'm not used to this handheld mic. But God is good. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that the word of the Lord that God gave me tonight is it's, it's unlike anything that he's ever called me to preach, ever. He's called me to preach on his glory. And it was so amazing to me that the songs that was lined up this morning were talking about the glory of God. And the Sunday school lesson that I had picked out was talking about the glory of God. And the message that he had lined up for tonight was talking about his glory. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never preached a message on the glory of God. I've heard many, um, I've seen many illustrative sermons and all of this, but I've never preached. And I'm not going to apologize for the way that he asked me to deliver it. I'm just going to tell you it's going to be different because I am the vessel that he's using on tonight. And this is just the way he and I work together. We kind of link arms and he pushes me out there, and we do the thing. Amen? <laughs> Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 through 23. Praise the Lord. At the heading of this uh particular chapter the beginning of it it says the promise of God's presence and we're not going to read that whole entire portion of scripture I would like for you to follow me down to verse 18 where Moses is now speaking and Moses says and he said please show me your glory then he said I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Verse 23, or verse 21 says, and he said to the Lord, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. 
So it shall be while my glory passes by that I put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while it passes by. Then I will say, take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. God, I thank you for the reading and hearing of the word. I ask that you would just orchestrate this moment. This moment, this word. Holy Spirit, have your way in the name of Jesus, we do pray. And we claim the victory right now. Amen. So this is very, very different for something that I've ever, ever, ever preached. Simply because I had to, uh, I couldn't rely on books. I couldn't rely on self. I couldn't rely on what I know because a little different not that the word is different it's just the method that he asked me to deliver it the very word um glory um i looked at i did look that up it says shekinah and what it means is the dwelling or setting settling of the divine presence of god do you understand the divine presence of god is that glory that we seek that glory that that we We often say glory to God, glory, hallelujah. We always call out for that glory. But I wonder sometimes if we even know what we're asking for. Sometimes I wonder if we even know what that means. Sometimes I wonder if we desire that glory. I mean, I mean, seriously, I wonder if we even even crave his presence to the point to where we're crying and we're, we're pushing things out of the way. We're, we're on our face before him. We're, we're ignoring the circumstances that are around us, the chaos in the world. And we're saying, God, I want you. I want more. Give me you, God. You see, in the times that we're living in now, we can't do it like they used to do it. We can't just name it and claim it and shout a little bit, sweat a little bit, spit a little bit, and go and everything's fine. And these days... We've got to do this his way. Amen. In the old covenant, they had to go in. They had to go in different means. We are under new covenant and we have his glory on the inside of us. See, the Bible says that if we are saved, that spirit lives within us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. Amen. So we are literally carriers of the glory of God. And so what that means to me is that we as believers, we ought to walk in a room and change it, shift everything. I mean, immediately, not size it up, pray it out, speak 15 words. We should instantly walk into a room and change the atmosphere because of what we carry in. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's power. That is powerful. And there's probably, I don't know, 20, 20 of us, 20 so, 22 in this house. Do you know how much power is in this house? Just right here. I'm not talking about the neighbors in the next church down the street. I'm talking about right here, right now. And what that means to me is, is if we were to have someone come in this sanctuary on this night um, loaded, and what I mean by that, if they were inebriated with, alcohol or some drugs or something they should not leave out of this place the same do you hear me we ought to have enough of his glory his power on the inside of us they hit that door they hit the floor because the power of God 
has got a hold to their lives. Do you hear me? So we come in the house of God and we're setting examples. Help me, Holy Spirit. We're setting examples. Now we're coming in here one way. Do a little hand clap, do a little praise, and we leave out nine times out of ten the same way we entered that door. So now if we're setting that standard and someone who's going through a crisis or someone who doesn't even believe in the same God that we believe in, they see that? What kind of witness is that? Come on, y'all. So we're setting the standard. And we're glory carriers. Do you hear that? We carry the manifested glory of God on earth. That's us, you and I, the church, the believers. I just believe that sometimes we don't desire it enough. Because there are sometimes that we sing songs, and I know some songs, they'll hit you right in your nowhere, and you'll just be overwhelmed. And sometimes that same song has no real effect on you. And that's just probably the way the Holy Spirit's moving on you at that particular time. But I can't understand it in my right mind how you can come into the house of God with like believers, know the word of God, have his glory on the inside of you, and not worship. I don't care if they sing Mary had a little lamb. I don't care if they sing old MacDonald had a farm. If you in the house of God with like believers, and your heart is where your heart needs to be, we ought to be able to worship God. Amen. We ought to be able to get together and raise our hand and say, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of all of our praise. Amen. But there, I think, once again, do we desire, do we desire to see his glory manifested enough? Because sometimes when you really want something, I mean, I don't know, kids, if you want something and you really, really want something, you nag at mom, you nag at dad, you nag at grandparents. You're like, I really want it, I really want it, I really want it. What are we pursuing God about? Are we saying, I want you, God, I want your glory, show me your glory. Are we doing that? Or are we just saying, give me whatever, and then I'll wait till the next time to get another little feel, another little touch, another little this. Are you truly saying, God, I want you. I want the more. The more. I want the glory, God. I find oftentimes we come into the house of God, and we've got so much on our minds to where we can't concentrate on anything, let alone the presence of God. We want to sing the songs, and we want to sing the right words to the song. We want the right tempo. We want the right rhythm. We want the right sound. We want the right everything. And God is saying, here am I. I'm in your midst, and you're worried about words to a song or the tempo? Praise me without song. Can you hear our Father saying that? Praise me without music. Praise me without your neighbors joining in singing with you. Can you praise God the way you really ought to if you desired the presence of his glory? Wouldn't this church look different? Wouldn't the church look different if we got to a place where we really, really, I mean, really, really, I mean, seriously wanted God? I mean, for real. Even now, I've only been speaking about five minutes. I would have thought 
that somebody would have heard something that would have said, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's the condition that we're in as a church. So now, don't take it personal or take it personal. However, you know, I'm just saying by now, I'm just saying, did you give all your all here on tonight? Did you worship God like you wanted more of him? Did you worship God? Did you want his glory? Did you want his presence? Did you want him manifested in this house tonight? Did you want him to show out in your life? Did you want him to show out in the lives of your family members and your neighbors and your coworkers that are lost, that are dying and going to hell? Did you praise him like you wanted something from him? Did you praise him like you wanted him? Did you praise him tonight like you wanted him? Because sometimes that's all we need is just cry out for, for daddy God. Seek him first and all those other things he'll add to you. Sometimes we just got to say, look, God, forget the fancy stuff. Forget all of the, the this and that and the other. I just want you, God. You see, that's the crave that we need to have for his presence. Because I believe when Moses was going up to that mountain, I don't think he was thinking about, um, you know, my outfit look okay? Um, are they going to act up while I'm gone? Because they did. But I'm just saying, we think about some of the minute things, and we're not focusing on the big. The big is God, amen? His presence. Sometimes I think that um, we don't understand that we need to make ready for his presence. Do you even want his presence? Do you even desire his presence? So what are you doing to make ready for his presence? Come on. What are you doing personally? Not the church, not the pastor, not the leaders. What are you doing personally to make ready for the presence of God in this house, in your home, in your schools, in your places of work? What are you doing to see the glory of God manifested in such a way that you don't have to speak? You just have to walk in and enter. You just got to enter into that room, into that place, into that facility, and watch God be God. Now, that's the glory of God being manifested on earth. Now, there's stories in the Bible, all through the Bible, that talks about different ways that God manifested his glory on earth. What about today? I don't have to turn on the TV to see some she-she-poo-poo preacher, you know, Speaking a word, we have the same word. My Bible reads the very same way. I serve the same God. The same spirit lives on the inside of me. Amen. You and I are the very same. We're one. We're one. But what are we doing to make ready for his presence? We, we, we say things like, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, we want to see your glory. We even sing songs that say, show us your glory, God. Show us your glory. Could we handle his glory. I mean, Moses couldn't handle it. God knew that. But could we handle a little more than what we have? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I believe because we're in a place of complacency, we just give me a little dab and that'll do me. That We don't even crave anything else. We don't even desire any more from God. So I'm asking you once again, What are you doing to make the house ready for the presence of God? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you interceding? Are you giving? Are you tithing? 
Are you witnessing? Are you volunteering? Are you helping? What are you doing to prepare this house? What are you doing to prepare this house, your personal home? What are you doing with your own temples? What are we doing, church? What are we doing? When Christ was here on earth, he was a servant. He laid aside the great deity that he was, and he was a servant. Because why? He wanted to glorify the Father. Everything he did was to glorify the Father. What about us? Our speak, our actions, our attitudes, our worship, our praise. I mean, come on. Does that portray? Does that portray a godly spirit? Does that portray that something, something that we want? Saying, God, I want you. I want more of you. Are you utilizing what you already have? Are you utilizing the glory that he has manifested amongst us just here in this house of God? I would say no because there's still sick bodies in this church. I would say no because there's still people dealing with depression in this church. I would say no because there's still people that come in the church that they know they're not saved, but yet they come Sunday after Sunday. We're not bringing people with us. We're not bringing the lost. We're not going to our neighbors. If I were to ask of a show of hands, could you tell me who our neighbors are by name? Probably not. Because why? We're not making the house ready for the presence of God. We've got to do. We've got to go. We've got to say. We've got to give. We've got to be the church. Yeah, I'm telling y'all, this is a way different <laughs> than anything that I've ever spoke on. Are y'all with me? Do you even desire? Do you even crave anything from God? Are you just like, you know, be okay, God. You just keep on letting pastor, you know, step on them toes and we'll get some new shoes every week and we'll be all right. I mean, are we okay with that? At some point, we got to grow up. Grow up and go out. Amen? It's, it's, not, it's not okay to grow up and, and, and eat all the adult meals and have all the, 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 uh, the sermons preached and, and the hands laid on and all those wonderful things and store up all that glory and not share it, not change a life, not change a city, not change the world. I sound like a, a politician preaching to, to a, a subject that he wants to get elected. I just want Jesus to be Jesus. I just want God to be God. I just want the church to be the church. Amen? I just want his will to be done. His will to be done. And I know that we think that, you know, well, God, you do it. Well, God, you perform. Well, God, you say this, you do this, you light us a fire. We need to get our temples ready. We need to get our attitudes ready. One of the great things that, that we deal with is our love walk. And I'm just going to say it like it is. We, as this body of believers, and, and, and y'all can just, y'all know, you know family. There's this uh, movie, The Color Purple, where um, y'all, y'all know that movie. At this particular point, the lady, uh, Sophia, I believe it was, 
she says something to the effect as I can't believe that I had to fight in my own house or something to that effect. But she did, and we do too. And it's nonsense. The unity and the love needs to be bumped up. Do you hear me? The unity and the love. Because God can't abide a boat in this house with division and, and jealousy and pride and all of that ugly stuff. Not doing what he wants to do. Sister Ann, I know you remember this. It's been years. It's been years, but it happened right here, and I was a part of it. We were having a prayer meeting on a Monday night. I believe it was still, Brother Ryan was still here. We were in need of something financial. You stood on a Bible right there in the middle of the floor. Whatever it was came through. And the good Lord began to minister to, it was Brother Jerry, Brother Ryan, you, and the Smiths, I believe. And uh, we stood there in a circle and we prayed. And we didn't just pray individually. We prayed on whatever specific issue together in unity and love, and we used the word of God. And I remember Holy Spirit um, speaking different words, um, and I remember one particular word. He says uh, something to the effect that he will take the five loaves and two fish, meaning a small amount of people, and do great things out there. I remember that. So I'm not concerned about 20 people or 200 people. I'm concerned about the condition of our hearts. I'm concerned about what we look like when we get out there. I'm concerned about what we're doing when we get to the people that need us. Amen. I'm concerned about our souls. I mean, you can dress up anything and make it look pretty, but is it good on the inside? What kind of fruit is there? You know what I'm saying? And I believe that's where we are. The church, I mean, our love walk is so, so leaning to the left right now. And I'm saying that because I see it and I know it. How how are we going to walk in the church? You can't speak to somebody. And I don't mean just like because you're busy and you don't don't have time to speak to everybody. You're going to do, you're on a mission. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about because you got on my nerves last week. Or or you said this, or your kid did this, or, 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 well, pastor just got on my last, you know, how are we going to walk in the church with all those attitudes and expect, how how are we going to do that? You're saying that we're, we're, and that's what he's doing. He's living in a, in an unclean, unkept temple. I don't want my God in an unclean, unkept temple. Now he's on, Holy Spirit is dealing with me about my physical health right now. My, my physical health, my well-being. And in doing that, he's dealing with me about my spiritual health. Because, see, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. If you're not taking care of this temple... For whatever reason, for whatever reason, he wants you to clean it up. Amen? So what you, what, what, what's going on? What's going on in your heart, in your lives, in your mind, to the point to where you, you come in with ugly attitudes and, and, and ugly things to say about people, the gossiping, the, the backbiting, the, the contentious spirit where you just want to fight every day, everybody, and all that. Well, where is that coming from? You know the enemy will will send in little 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 stuff like that to deceive us to throw us off track. Now, I'm preaching to the house now. I'm preaching to our home folks. And if somebody out there is getting blessed, Amen. Praise God, Hallelujah. But I'm speaking for the home folks. We got to do something different because God is seriously trying to do something. No, He is doing something. It's about us. He's trying to get us to listen. 
to listen and not just listen, to obey. I mean, it's okay to hear the word of God and shout, clap. I got that. That was an awesome word. Thank you for delivering. What it, no, what are you going to do with it? If you're the same as you were six months ago, you got work to do. If you're the same as you were six days ago, you got work to do. But you can't have that much of God living in you and you not change. But you got to be willing to. You really have to be willing to do something on your part. You got to make a step, amen? I mean, so if he's asking you to lay something down, lay it down. If he's asking you to step up and speak up, step up and speak up. If he's asking you to be quiet, be quiet. If he's asking you to speak. If he's asking you to go to a certain person and love on them and tell them that God loves them and that you love them, you forgive them, you, you whatever, hug their neck, just say nothing sometimes. We got to get our temples ready. We got to get to where there's no division, there's no strife, there's no contention, there's no pride, and that's going to be hard. But you do your part and I'll do mine. How about that? Because we all have work to do. And I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I know in my knower that there is something going on in this house, in this particular house. And I don't think we're special enough for it just to be us. <laughs> I would love for that to be the case, but it's not. But I know that he's doing something here because this is my house. This is where I live also. So I know God's doing something. He's doing something individually. He's doing something corporately. And he wants to do something out there. But it takes us to be in a right mind and a right, a right position, a right heart to get it done. Because we can do more damage out there if we're not in the right place with God. Amen. Now, that's the truth. I'm telling you. We can beat people up because we're angry with something that happened here or something that didn't happen here. We could take that mess out there and corrupt an already dying and lost world. See, they need Jesus. They need us to deliver Jesus to them. And we don't necessarily need them all to come pack in these seats. We need them to pack in some church seats. But not necessarily here. Pastor tells us all the time, they don't have to come here, but it sure would be nice if they'd go somewhere on Sunday and Wednesday. Amen? Because they need to be in a a body of believers to grow into fellowship and to learn and, and to learn how to play nice. I mean, that's sad. But, yes, we believers need to learn how to play nice. Amen? Wow. How hard. But that's okay. Do y'all want the presence of God? Do you want his glory? Do you want it manifested in such a way that maybe you can't speak, you can't even tell what all God is doing in your life, in your body, in your heart? I mean, there's no words. I mean, there's been times, and I know there's many of you in here who's had the same experience. There's been times that God has dealt with me, and I'm on the floor, and I have no words. I have tears, and pray I have some tissue near. Tears, carpet, and Jesus. And sometimes I think that's what we need. I don't think we need to, 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 to hide up under an altar. I think if we are at altars, I think we need to be there to kill something because an altar is a place of death. And I think we need to be there on, on purpose, intentionally to lay it down and leave it there. Get up, square back your shoulders, and go do what God has called us to do. Amen. I just believe that. 
I don't care if you're hooping. I don't care if you're hollering. I don't care if you're running. I just want you to hear me. I just want you to understand that God wants to manifest his presence here in such a way that they see it. They hear it. They know it. And you don't have to invite people to church. You don't have to tell them that you're saved. You don't have to tell them that you're a Christian. You just have to show up. You just have to be there. Walk in the room. And they may say, oh, she thinks she's cute. She thinks she all this and that and a bag of chips. Yes, Jesus gave them to me. Just tell them like it is. Jesus gave them to me. Those are my chips, my bag. Jesus gave them to me. You can be confident without being prideful. Y'all know what I mean. You can be confident without being prideful. You don't have to be ashamed that you're a believer. You don't have to be ashamed that you're blessed. You don't have to be ashamed that you know Christ. You don't have to be ashamed to say Jesus in front of people. You don't have to be ashamed to tell people you are lost. You are dying and going to go to hell if you don't change your ways. I mean, you may not term it that way, but you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have, well, some of us might be here a little rough around the edge. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You got to have compassion and be compassionate about the things that God has called us to do. And if you're hateful and mean and acting ugly and, 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 and mad at everybody and got all this in your heart, how you going to love on my sister if she comes to the door? How you going to love on my brother if he comes to the door? How you going to love on me? You know, maybe I made you mad. Get glad. Well, I won't tell you the other part of that, but get glad. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm never going to intentionally do anything to hurt people's feelings. At times it happens anyway. It really does. I mean, not everybody is a devil or a demon or trying to hurt. Or trying to cause, you know, a ruckus. It's just not like that. I'm sorry, but we're just not that important on everyday earth. We're that important with God's agenda, but we're not that important about everyday. Ain't nobody thinking about you like that every day. Sorry. You know, I'm trying to eat or, or pay some bills or work. You know, we're just, you know, people may not even know that they've offended you. Get over it. Forgive. Love. Move on. Say, God, get my heart right. Check my heart. Check me. Because if they don't ever change, at least I want to change and be in the right place with you, God. Because there are times that people will not change. They'll die and go to their grave and you're still mad. What is that all about? It doesn't help you. And they certainly don't do anything for the person that's gone. And you got your kids and your grandkids hearing about generations of anger and fights and feuds that nobody even know why it started. Come on, people. Come on, people. Let's get our heart ready. Let's get prepared for the glory of God. So how many in here want to really, really, really have the presence of God so prevalent on their life that they can change a life? What are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? I'm in the same boat. I tread water if you tread water, but we're in the same boat. This is what Holy Spirit led me to do. We don't need music. We don't need uh, singing. We need Holy Spirit to get a hold of our hearts. That's what we need. Okay? So I wanted to keep this short and sweet. Holy Spirit wanted to keep this short and sweet. So he could do what he wanted to do 
the remainder of the time left here. And all he asked me to do, pretty weird, pretty weird, read scripture. I had you do it one time. And you remember just an just just inkling of what happened that night when we read the scriptures on healing. Just an inkling. And I said, oh, Lord, okay. So all I'm going to do is read scripture. Check your heart. And if you're bold enough, if you're courageous enough, come to the altar and let the Holy Spirit check your heart. And see if we can't get ready for the presence of God. I'm just going to read scripture. I'm going to read different scriptures, different books of the Bible about um, the glory of God. That is it. What he does, he does. What happens, happens. I'm a little nervous myself, but I'm doing what he asked me to do. Amen. So we don't need piano music. We don't need we don't need the bells and the whistles. We just need obedient people of God that want to change, that want to get ready for the presence of God, for that Shekinah glory, for that glory that's so heavy that falls on us that we can't stand. We can't stand. And I know we've laid hand on people and, and, and they've fallen out under the power of God. That is wonderful and that is great. But on tonight, I'm not laying my hands on anybody. I'm going to let God do what God wants to do, his word do what his word will do. It says in Isaiah 55 and 11 that his word will not return unto him void. So that means it can't fail. He's not a liar. He can't lie. He's not a man. That's what the Bible says. So I'm just going to read. You can sit in your seats if you want to. I don't believe there's a body in here that can't make it to this altar. And I'm not going to let you get away with sitting on the front seat. I'm just doing what Holy Spirit told me. You can get on the floor in front of the, the, the first row. You come at the altar, you come at the stairs. But if you really desire more of him, I mean really desire more of him, what is moving from a seat to the altar? I mean, he didn't ask you to sacrifice your first child. He didn't ask you to, to, to not eat for 21 days. Jesus could have done it before. I'm just saying, he didn't ask you to run around the block, spin around three times, and, and slap your neighbor and all of that. I'm not asking you to do any of that. I'm asking you to be obedient, listen to the word of God as you come, and let your heart be uh, prepared by the Holy Spirit. Because I want to see the presence of God. And I don't want it just to have it. I don't want it just to say, ooh, if nothing happens here, See, you got to expect something to happen here. That's my point right there. Do you expect something to happen? Anticipation ought to be just like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Move out of my way. Let me get there. I want to see what God wants to say to me. I want to see what God wants to yank out of me. I want to see what God wants to pour into me. Anticipation. You got to expect God to do something. You see, your love activates your faith. And your faith activates the presence of God and the glory. You got to have it all. You understand what I'm saying? Get your love right. Get your faith right. But let him get your heart right. You can't do it. I can't do it. Different word. It's a really different word. But I believe it's what God has uh, intended for me to speak on tonight. Now, I don't know what you're dealing with, but he does. And I'm going to let him deal with you because he can do it much better than a person. 
although he at times shows individuals business. He didn't tonight. I'm not asking. He didn't tell. But he will tell you. I believe on tonight, whether it be here at these altar time, in your car on the way home, in your bed while you're trying to rest, I believe that you will not be able to rest. I'm going to pray that you don't rest until you seek God in such a way that he answers you the way he wants to answer you. Now, that's that's the ticket right there. I'm going to begin to read the scriptures. Exodus 3 and 2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Exodus 40, verses 34 through 35. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting. The glory of God and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter into the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Judges 13.20, it happened as a flame went up towards heaven from the altar. Angels of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 through 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. First Chronicles 29 and 11. Yours, O Lord, is greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth 